welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG Lazy Parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of Lazy Parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. So today we're going to talk about the importance of us as parents helping our kids become readers. The statistics and studies are clear and plentiful. When I went online to look this up, there is an abundance of information talking about why reading is so important. As adults, people who read are proven to make more money than people who don't read. People who read have a lower divorce rate than people who don't read. They have fewer problems with their children than people who don't read. And people who read get promoted at a higher rate than people who don't read. So let's think about reading and what benefits it gives us. Number one, it gives you increased focus. People who read are able to sit down and concentrate on something for an extended period of time. I just had a conversation with one of my staff members who in school is studying the lack or the shortened attention spans that people have nowadays and how, you know, it's really hard for people to stay connected to something for an extended period of time and how she found herself even unable to focus on a book for very long and it took some practice for her to get back into the swing of things to not want to go and look at her phone every so often so readers have increased focus that's a great skill that we want our children to have number two People who read often are really good at goal setting because they're going to try to figure out how many books they want to read or how many pages they're going to read that night. Seems like a little thing, but it's proven that readers are better at goal setting. Number three, people who read know how to spend time wisely. If they only have 20 minutes, they're going to choose this as an opportunity not to waste time, but to read a book that they're really into. Number four, They have perspective. People who read see things from different angles. They've read books that present different sides of a controversial topic. They can see things from the perspective of the main character, even though that main character may not be anything like them. So reading broadens our horizons and makes us, I think, better citizens in the world that we live in. Number five, readers are reflective. After you read a book that you really like, you're probably going to want to talk to someone about it. You might even go online onto a discussion board or you might Google it to delve further into the topic if you really liked it. Fan fiction is now a real thing. I'm going to talk about a little bit later in today's episode that never existed for us when we were little. Number six, people who are avid readers are better writers. They have better speaking skills. The more exposure you have to language, and this has been proven over and over again, that the more exposure you have to language and to vocabulary that you get in books, the more that language becomes a part of you. Number seven, people who read have better memory. The more you read, the more your brain learns to retain information. Going along with that, number eight is that you stay fresh. A brain that reads gets worked on a daily basis. It's more able to solve problems. And as I mentioned before, better to retain info. So if you're having problems with mama brain, start reading. It's going to help you. And lastly, 
People who read a lot have found that it's a great form of relaxation and stress relief and a healthy way of doing that. So much better to read a book and unwind from the day than it is to pour yourself a glass of wine to unwind for the day or to smoke some cigarettes or to binge watch on TV. So what about our kids? Why are parents encouraged to read to them so much? Again, so many studies that I found. Number one, that the frequency that you read to your child at a young age does have a direct effect on their schooling outcomes, regardless of your family background or home environment, which means it doesn't matter what your family income is or whether you have a home with two moms, two dads, a mom and a dad, or a single parent or grandparents raising your children. One study I read showed that reading to children at age four to five every day has a significant effect on their reading skills and cognitive skills. Reading to children three to five days per week compared to two or less has the same effect on the child's reading skills at age four to five as being six months older than they are. And if you read to them six to seven times a week, that's the same effect as them almost being 12 months older cognitively. Children who are read to more frequently at age four or five achieve higher scores on national assessment programs, on literacy and numeracy tests for both reading and mathematics. So again, all of these things show you that reading is something that we really want to make sure that our children are exposed to at a young age and that the frequency at which they are exposed to the reading, us reading to them when they're little, can have significant impact on their brain development and on their success in school. So both my husband and I have been teachers and many of our aunts and uncles on both sides of our family actually are in education. So it's fair to say that we were both raised as readers. There were a lot of books in our both of our homes, a lot of being read to, and I know that my mom talked often about how hard she worked to find books that both of my older brothers enjoyed and that she finally hit the jackpot with Stephen King for one of them and for Alistair MacLean for my other brother. And my husband was pegged as a struggling or reluctant reader early on in elementary school. It's a story we tell often. And he remembers fondly his teacher getting him hooked on the Mr. Men series, that it was a pivotal point that when he got exposed to the Mr. Men series, it became something he would try to collect all of the books. It was something his parents encouraged him. They bought him those books and he got focused on reading those books. And that was a pivotal moment in his ability to read and move forward in school with that. I myself remember V.C. Andrews being a big key series that I really, really enjoyed and that I read and it took me through many, many years of being a teenager reading all of the V.C. Andrews books I could get my hands on to. In my experience, most young children love books. I've never met a little kid who doesn't like being read to. They love looking at the picture books. They love feeling those tactile books where, you know, there's fuzzy animals and things you can press that make noise. They like those playback books where you can hear sounds. And above all else, I've never met a child who doesn't like that cuddle time that comes when mom or dad or grandma or grandpa reads to them. And sometimes the delayed bedtime, when the same book gets read to them over and over again, they enjoy that and they figure that out as well. I'll touch on that a little later in today's episode. And then there's the pivotal moment in most kids' lives where they learn to read on their own and start to read longer chapter-style books. I distinctly remember that with my own kids. For us, it was Harry Potter. Once my child could read the first book in the Harry Potter series, I knew that they could read pretty much anything from that point forward. And all kids 
hopefully get to that point where they read that one book, that one book that really struck a chord with them and that they loved and that they can still remember to this day. For my husband, it was Gordon Corman books. He loved them. And we still actually have them all and have them for our children to read. For me, I remember The Secret World of Og. I don't know why that book stands out, but that was a book early on in my reading that I just loved the story. And then for my kids, as I mentioned before, because I'm sure it's for millions of other children out there, it ended up being Harry Potter that was that book for them. As a couple, we have worked really hard to encourage all four of our kids to read for pleasure. From reading to them from the moment that they were born, to having books and books and books available to them. And we even, you know, share our own childhood favorites. Those Gordon Corman books that my mother-in-law saved for my husband have been pivotal in my children and books that they enjoy reading. We also model reading to them. I love reading fiction, so I try to read fiction as much as I can in front of them. Sometimes it's hard work to find content or authors or topics that they feel connected to. And it does. It takes work from us as parents to show them how amazing books can be. But keep this in mind. It was never pushed on them. Never made to be a chore. They were never forced to finish a book that they didn't like. Our kids were presented with books over and over and over again. And for some of them, the love of reading was immediate. For one of my children, it was a little more like a slowly growing fire, one that needed to be tended to, kindling added to, oxygen added to, gentle prodding to get it to ignite and get stronger. And for him, when we don't see him reading often and we see the fire begin to burn out, we have to work to rekindle it and help him find a new amazing and exciting novel or series. This past week was a terrific example of this. We were off on a road trip for a week. We went to Powell's Books in Portland, Oregon, and he was the first one who came away with the most books. I think he wanted five books from the used bookstore. And I bought them for him. I was excited to see him excited about some new books. And he read them on the trip. He always had a book in his hand. But now that we're home and he has Wi-Fi again, I can see that he's getting distracted by tech and TV and not reading as much. And I have to be careful to encourage him, but not order him and not force it on him if it's something that I want him to continue to do throughout life. But also, maybe that's how he's going to go through reading. Maybe for him, it is going to be kind of like a binge thing where he finds a series that he really, really likes and he plows through them. And then he takes a break from reading. Again, each of our children is different and we have to be conscious of those differences so that we don't make reading a burden or something that they feel that they're forced to do. That's the number one way to turn your kids off of reading. So in today's episode, I want to share with you five tips that you can implement in your family to help raise your children to be readers. Some of them start off the moment they can sit in your lap, and some of them are important to remember when encouraging a tween or a teen to become a reader. I don't think it's ever too late to encourage your kids to be readers, and as I stated at the beginning of the episode, there are so many reasons to try. Tip number one, start young. As soon as you have a handle on keeping that little baby alive and fed, it's time to start reading to them. Hold them tight, cuddle them, and read to them. Often, make the reading associated with cuddle time and love from you. That connection is a connection that will last for a very, very long time. The sound of your voice will soothe them. The cuddles will create some really special time for you. And that time spent reading aloud together 
or you reading aloud to them are going to create memories that they will cherish for a lifetime. When I was prepping for this episode and I talked to each of my children about what made them readers and what do they remember about reading from when they were little, one of my children has this very specific memory of sitting with his grandfather, Opa, and reading a book online about carrots. I have no idea what book that is, but he was smiling while he was remembering it. And it was a pivotal thing for him that he remembers as a memory to have with his Opa, who's no longer with us. So your different members in your family can create really special memories for your kids from reading together. Tip number two, have lots and lots and lots of books in your house, all kinds of books. A print-rich environment is key, whether they are graphic novels or newspapers or comic books or board books or picture books or novels or stats from sports. Any kind of reading is to be celebrated and encouraged. Have the books easily accessible to them. You can even create a special reading room or a nook in your house that is special to them or even in their bedroom where they can sit and feel comfortable and make it their own. When I was little, I used to climb under my bed with a pillow, a blanket, and a flashlight to read my special books. Tip number three, let them choose what they want to read. Everyone has different tastes and preferences, and we can't expect our children to like what we like. While we can encourage them to try many different types or genres of books, it is ultimately our job to help them find what they love. It might be nonfiction, it might be romance, it might be suspense or sci-fi or mystery or dystopian. Just encourage them to keep reading. And if they want to read the same book over and over again, oblige them. Do it. Read the same book to them over and over again. This is actually a key important part of learning to read for children. And although it can be mind-numbing for us, it absolutely is vital to our children. I don't know how many times I read the Hercules book over and over again, like the Disney book to my son, or a Backyard Again race to the, what was it called? Race to the moon or something that I read to my children over and over again. Tip number four, go to the library often. Libraries are great resources for us as parents to help our kids find what they love. And you know what? Librarians, they are magical. They know all the new books that have come out. And they know what other children their age have loved as well. And they know what might grab their interest. They are specialists in this, so use them. They as well are going to help you encourage your children to read. And they will encourage them to read anything. They're going to be your biggest supporter. And you know what? Libraries are free. In our town, we can search online and have all the books that we are looking for sent to our neighborhood branch. And then we can walk to it as a family and go pick them up and bring them home. Or now that they're older, the kids can walk to the library on their own. Having lots of books in your house, you might think that that could be very expensive. Libraries are the way not to do that. So I don't actually buy a lot of books for my kids. Because once you read a book, what are you going to do with it? Unless it's a classic or something that they really connected to and they want to keep that book, then we buy the book. But otherwise, it is through the library. We just rent the books from the library and return the books to the library. Libraries are magical, and I encourage you to find your neighborhood one and use it. Tip number five, focus on the act of reading, not on their ability to read. Do not criticize their reading. Don't judge them. Encourage them and make them feel comfortable to take the risk of pronouncing something incorrectly. 
I don't know how many times reading Harry Potter, that very first book, when I hadn't known anything about Harry Potter, I could not say the name Hermione in my brain when I was reading that book to myself. And the good thing is I didn't have to. I could make up my own name. And it's important that we teach our children the same tool or the same strategy in reading. It doesn't really matter that they don't know how to pronounce that word in their head as long as they know what the word means or what the sentence is trying to convey. So again, try to encourage them and make them feel comfortable and take the risk of pronouncing something incorrectly. Ask fun, inquiry-type questions over dinner. That was one of the things that I had my oldest daughter do with my youngest daughter when she first read Harry Potter. She was really young and, I don't know, magically kind of taught herself to read. I don't know if that's a fourth kid kind of thing. But she was telling me, hey, I read this book. And I had read the book, but I don't remember all the details of the book. Yet my oldest daughter knows every single fact about Harry Potter that you could possibly imagine. So I would have my oldest daughter ask her questions to make sure or to see if she was actually understanding what she was reading. And that was a really cool way for my children to bond with each other when they read the same books and they can have discussions over that. If you don't have multiple children, if you only have one, then I think a great strategy would be to read what they're reading because then you can have conversation over dinner. You can ask them questions. Just make sure that you don't make it a book assignment. It can't feel like school. Don't require any work to be associated with the reading. Remember, this type of reading is for pleasure only. We want our children to use reading as a quiet and relaxing activity, one that allows them to jump into a make-believe world or a world filled with things that they are passionate about. So those are my main five tips that I have to help raise readers. I do have some bonus tips for reluctant readers or the kids that you're having difficulty getting to read. Number one, they don't have to finish. They don't have to finish the book that they start. If you have a reluctant or a new reader who doesn't know quite yet what they like, encourage them to read the first couple of chapters. And if they don't like it, let them stop. No shame in it. The same goes for us. We shouldn't waste our time on something we don't enjoy. So that's bonus tip number one. They don't have to finish. Number two, audiobooks. Another great way to encourage your children to learn, to love reading, or to find topics that interest them is listening to books. I love listening to books. And I remember that I had my daughter listen to The World of Og on DVD or audio cassette. Not audio cassette, that makes me sound really old. But on a CD that was in her room, and she listened to The World of Og. Again, she's 18, so this is a while ago. But that's how she got exposed to one of my favorite books, and it helped her fall asleep at night as well. So audiobooks can be helpful for that. Number three is linking books to movies or TV shows that they're interested in. When they are young, it might be finding the books of their favorite TV shows. For my kids, it was Dora and Diego and our very favorite, The Backyardigans, or their favorite Disney movies. Like I said, I read that Hercules book at least a zillion times to my son when he was five. And then as they got older, I implemented a rule. And the rule was that they had to read the novel before seeing the movie. We started this with Harry Potter. I didn't want them watching the movie before they read the book. I'm a firm believer that a child's imagination will make the book um, age appropriate for them. So if you've read Harry Potter, then you know in that first book, there's the troll that comes through the school. And in my mind, I had my own vision of what that troll looks like. 
And I imagine that the vision that my 10-year-old has of that troll is going to look very different than mine. And you know what? It's going to look so much different than the person who's making the movie, the adult who's making the movie, and likely much more scary in the movie than what your child is imagining it to be in their own imagination. The same goes with those Death Eaters. I had my own imagination of what a Death Eater was, as would your child, versus some movie maker in Hollywood making up those Death Eaters. So that's a big rule for us. Books like Hunger Games, Fault in Our Stars, Maze Runner, those teen books, my rule is you got to read the book before we go see the movie. Having them read the book first also proved to them that in most cases, the book is way better than the movie. And that encouraged them to want to read the books of future movies that they knew were going to be released. The next tip I have for you for reluctant readers are graphic novels. Do not be scared of graphic novels. Most books are available. It's like a comic book for a novel. So it actually takes the whole story and puts it into a graphic novel. And so children who like the visual or the comic book feel of books, these are a great alternative. And there is nothing wrong with them reading graphic novels. A favorite of my own son was the Amulet series. I recommend you looking for these versions for your child who may be better suited to them at their current age or reading ability. The next tip I have came from my son, actually. When I asked him what made them like to read, he said he liked the books where there were theories that he could delve into. So he let me know that there are tons of online forums, YouTube videos, fan fiction that takes books and dives into the secret meaning behind them. I know for my daughter, a huge Harry Potter fan, she likes listening to podcasts and reading fan fiction. And that's something that didn't exist for me when I was young. So I think that's a great way to keep kids and teens engaged in reading and loving it and thinking that it's really fun. And finally, the last one, which is really important in all things parenting, is you got to be a role model. Our children are watching us all of the time and they will do what we do. They will value what we show them we find valuable. They will want to please us when they're little by copying or mimicking our behaviors. You know that. You know that when you sweep and your little child is like four, they want to sweep at the same time. That only lasts so long before they realize it's a chore and they don't want to participate anymore. The same goes for reading. We want them to see how reading is pleasurable and how it's relaxing to us. We want to show them how reading is really special. Show them how we carve out time in our busy day to read. You could model no TV time before bed and make reading before bed your family's way of doing things. Overall, it does. It takes a lot of work to parent our children and guide them into the habits and the directions that will benefit them. It takes work to lead with encouragement, but not force. It takes work to help them appreciate the lifelong habits that will make them healthy, happy, and more knowledgeable. Everything that they could possibly want to know in their life is found on the internet. You no longer have to go to school to learn anything nowadays. The internet is a vast and immense encyclopedia that you can learn anything in the entire world, but you got to read the internet. And so reading really is a key skill that we need to teach our children. So I have a few books I'm actually going to list out at the end of this episode, and I've group them into different ages. So my first group are first chapter books. So I don't think I need to give you examples for toddlers and little kids because most of them love 
just listening to you read to them. But once it's time for them to start reading, which happens in school, so I think it's really important to, when you're talking about reading with them at home, to just read to them until they're able or wanting to read along with you. Uh, There is a strategy where, you know, they read one page, you read one page, they read one page, you read one page, and you slowly get them into wanting to read on their own. So the first chapter books that my kids really enjoyed and that got them into becoming, you know, full-blown readers were the following. Number one, we love Geronimo Stilton books. Those were great books. Flat Stanley was another one. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. There's lots of pictures and cartoons in that one. The kids liked it. If your kids love sports, a great book is called Stat. S-T-A-T. It's called Standing Tall and Talented. It's from an NBA basketball player who wrote a bunch of series. It's a big series of books. My kids all love them. Um, Rainbow Magic series. My daughters really enjoyed those along with Judy Moody books and Judy Bloom books. Those classic books that we read as children hold up today as well. Uh, Magic Treehouse was another one. How to Eat Fried Worms. There's a classic. Babysitter's Club is another one. So those are all really good first chapter books to get your kids into reading by themselves a longer type book. So once they know how to read and they can handle those books, the next set of books is where they really start to learn what they like, what kind of books they like. So for my kids, these were some of the books that they mentioned to me that they really loved. So number one, Percy Jackson books. They all really loved the Percy Jackson series. 39 Clues was another book. Blackthorn Key. As I mentioned before, the Gordon Corman books and the Hardy Boy books. Those are classics from when we were little and they still hold really strong today with my kids. Series of Unfortunate Events. Miss Peregrine's House of Peculiar Children, I think it's called. Um, Winds of Fire was one my son mentioned that he really liked. The Search for Wandla series. The Nevermore series. The Mysterious Benedict Society. Not a difficult read, but a big fat book. So your kid needs to not get overwhelmed by the fact that the book is so long. But it's an easier read. It's The kids really liked it. And then uh, Harry Potter. That was a key book for all of my kids. They all really enjoyed the whole series. The Lorian Legacies. And then some standalone books that my boys really liked were Counting by Sevens and Fish in a Tree. And then Maze Runner, The Hatchet Series, and Holes were other ones that they mentioned to me that they really liked. So in that grade four to grade seven age group. And then once they're teens, the world opens up to all kinds of genres and all kinds of books. So for um, my oldest uh, boy, he talked about Ready Player One and he just reread it again over the holiday. He really liked that book. Exo was another one. Some of my kids are reading the Red Queen series and the Thousandth Floor series. Um, Some authors that my daughter mentioned she really loves was Rainbow Roll, R-O-W-E-L-L, and Sarah Dessen, D-E-S-S-E-N, as well as John Green, classic John Green books. Lots of movies are made out of those books, so it's great to link the book to the movies. The Cinder series or the Lunar Chronicles, There was a book that we all read, a little bit more on the gruesome side, but Scythe, S-Y-T-H-E. I read that one as well and enjoyed it. And then there's like the Divergent series or the Hunger Games series. And then another one called the Embassy Row series that the kids all really liked. I think series are really great books because they want to read the next one. Some are good. And some not so good, like the second and third books, right? Usually the first book is really awesome. It makes you want to read the next one. And some are 
get better and some don't get as well. For us, that Hunger Games, like the first one, we all really enjoyed. Second one was okay. And then the third one, most of us didn't like very much. But again, watching or reading the book was more age appropriate than watching the movie. Again, how a child or a tween or a teen imagines things will depend on what their experience has been and what you've allowed them to watch on movies and TVs. And for us, if I don't let them watch the movie until they've read the book, their imaginations are going to see these movies much differently than an adult who is producing the film for blockbuster status. So those are three groups of books. I would love for you to share your favorite childhood or teen books or the books that your kids are really connected to. Um, please leave you know, a comment or leave a review and let me know. Or you can leave a voicemail, a voice message on the podcast as well. And then I can add to the list, which could be a benefit for other families. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got lots of tips out of how I have worked along with my husband to make our kids into avid readers. Like I said, three of them are pretty avid. One is a little bit more reluctant, but still will read and enjoys it and sees the value in it. Hey guys, thanks so much for your support over the last month with this podcast. I've really appreciated it. And if you are loving it, please share with your friends. Just take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on social media and share the love. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then just scroll on down to the rate and review and leave a review and leave a rating. I would greatly appreciate it. It's by doing that that helps get the podcast heard by more people. And really, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to help out other moms and dads and build this community of lazy parents so that we can take care of our kids all together and share in the stories of life and motherhood and parenthood. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.